Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey, Cat. <sighs> hey, Moose. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> Starting so, off strong, guys. <laughs> so we're doing something super different this week. Yeah. We have been flooded by listeners who are not patrons and have asked us, hey, we heard that you've done this unedited thing for your patrons, mm-hmm. which to me, <laughs> I feel like I'd <laughs> rather have the produced version. Like, Yeah, y- me too. But just so you know, anyone listening who's not a patron, uh, we put up our Zooms almost every week unless we say something terribly private or (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, and then we don't put it up in case you're wondering why we don't, but we've had a lot of people reach out and say like, I want to see that, but can I get like, uh, uh, you know, a preview of what that would look like. So guess what? Today is your day. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) We're doing this thing live. Well, it's sort of live. It's about two hours before it goes up. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we just decided to do it on a Sunday. We, re- we usually record on a Wednesday. So we're just getting crazy. What does your Zoom say, Sarah? Oh, SARS as in the disease? Yes. Great. <laughs> we always try and outdo each other with our names. Kat- Is this like an, an homage to the new newest COVID strain? Yes. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? I mean, I don't have it in my notes, but of course we will. I feel like I know 12 people who've been vaccinated and have the new, I keep calling it the Delta eight. <laughs> You're getting that mixed up with your legal weed products. <laughs> my legal weed. Um, yeah. So hi everybody. Uh, welcome to the live unedited episode from cat and moose and producer Sarah. And even though this will be up for great debate amongst the three of us, um, from my perspective, from the outside looking in, my experience is that this is episode 70. It's our 70th episode. Oh, very cool. Well, great. Happy 70th to us. That's old. Super old. Nah, it's not that old. Um, I wanted to start this week um, with something, you know, kind of meaningful. So I thought I'd give a QAnon report. Wait, Wait. what? (laughs) Okay, meaningful and QAnon do not seem like they would go in the same sentence to me. So please expound. Well, I was just reading this article talking about how QAnon has been like even more than religion and politics, even though it is both of those, actually. Um, people have been talking about how that's been the thing to split up families in 2020 was Mm. if, if there was a family member that was deep in QAnon, you know, and then obviously, well, not obviously, sadly, um, you know, the other parts of the family are like, this is crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I guess it has caused a lot of strain in a lot of families. And so, um, anyway, I just, I wanted to kind of share the, the, the newest beliefs of the QAnon system. If, if you guys are open. Well, I, it, I, I am open and I want you to share the newest, um, beliefs of the QAnon system. Um, and I had a revelation about this, um, uh, recently and, and I, I'd like to share that at some point. So I just want to say at some point I want to insert revelation, um, about this topic because I why think don't it's you give, cool. give it to us now? 
Okay. Well, I was thinking about um, when I was young and um, my sister, my mother and I all did therapy together because um, our family was going through a divorce and um, my mom is awesome and sought counsel for us. And um, so we individually talked to the therapist and we also, you know, talked to her together sometimes. And one of the things that that we learned in that, and I, I think my sister would be okay saying this, is that um one of the things the therapist said was that if 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 there isn't chaos and what we're used to is chaos then sometimes we will generate chaos Mm. so that we can be more comfortable because we're more comfortable in what we're used to, even if what we're used to is technically not comfortable. And I really am thinking that QAnon is because like we got in some ways comfortable during COVID. We spent time at home. We spent time with our family. Some some of us did. Some of us, unfortunately, had to spend a lot of time apart. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, in the midst of a pandemic that caused us to, like, really shake up our routine, it's like I feel like QAnon kind of – it's like the stirring up of chaos by people that need for there to be a bunch of weird stuff going on. And and I kind of just wondered if it was similar. I wondered like if someone were to look, look at it from like a macro perspective and in a psychological perspective, if we could say, yeah, like part of society's need for chaos that was missing during COVID, even though there was some chaos, it wasn't like the normal chaos did did stuff like QAnon need to be invented to satiate some of what we're quote unquote used to? Wow. I think that's brilliant. First of all, cause I, I completely agree that um, uh, I've seen that in my own life. Like sometimes I don't, I like to break up the monotony, if you will. <laughs> with QAnon. Um, the Q with QAnon. No, <laughs> um, but usually on like, I need to go on a trip like tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how mm-hmm. it works with me. But to what your point is, maybe the chaos was the four years of Trump. Mm. And then, you know, think about it. Like, I I don't think we focus on this enough. Like the pandemic happened leading up to an election. Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane. We, Mm -hmm. our generation has never been through a pandemic. Right. And then to have an election on top of that. So Mm -hmm. think about it. You're in front of your TV more than ever during COVID. So everybody's watching whatever they're watching on either side. Mm -hmm. So there's all this probably more than ever, you know, Mm -hmm. because otherwise you would have work and, you know, entertainment and all the things that we didn't have. But I, I think you're right. And I also think, that there were some people that felt like Trump was, you know, this like, uh, you know, they talk about like rallying his base and stuff like that. Like, oh, well, he's for us, the little guy, you know, and all of this kind of rose up and the chaos that was the Trump presidency. Now there's a way to allow it to extend in mm-hmm. some way mm-hmm. by going, well, I belong to this. Mm hmm. And this yeah, and is it's, still for the same beliefs. Yeah, and it seems to me like it's 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 the human sense or desire to belong to something. 
Exactly. You know, it's like that is a that is a human thing. Like that's something that is I don't think it's unique to the human species because I think dog, you know, they say like, you know, dogs run with their pack or wolves run with their pack or whatever. So it's it's a thing. Fish are in a school of fish. So it's like we all long for connection with like like minded things. And some of that got so out of hand, I, I think, to maybe the the person who um looks at it really, really objectively, a lot of that got really out of hand. And there are some people who like really got sucked into that and are like, I need my people. Right. Like I need my people who believe all of the, what to me feels like craziness over here. Right. Um, so what are, what are the latest, what are the latest, are they prophecies? Like, what are they? Well, yeah, I think, I guess you could see that as a prophecy. Um, yeah, the, the things that are, I'll tell you the things that are happening right now. The royal family is, doesn't exist. Oh, is that why like Harry and Meghan defected? Yeah, like that's part of it, apparently. Okay. Uh, I hope people can hear the sarcasm in my voice. Um, and then the internet's going to go down. So back up all of your devices. And, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, this one, you know, when Cuba. Which we got to talk about Cuba, by the way. We had a okay. listener write in and specifically ask us to talk about it. And so I want to circle back to that. But when the internet went down, you know, in Cuba recently, um, this was par- feeding into, oh, see, it's already happening here. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. And then the third thing, which blows my mind, and we got laughing about this, uh, the three of us at lunch, is that we're moving back to gold as the currency. (laughs) And I was saying like, are you going to have to put gold bars? Like everybody just walks around with like a, a rolly luggage bag full of gold bars that you're like, Oh, it's two and a half gold bars. And then what do you do to cut it up? Like, is it slices or how does that work? Well, pure gold is apparently really soft. It's a soft metal, right? I wouldn't know. Do you have, do you have a gold bar at home? I don't have a gold bar. I do have a piece of gold. Um, actually, that's not true. That's a lie. My mom has a piece of gold that's like, you know, I, I forget what it I think it's one ounce. It's like this is a one ounce piece of gold. Um, and I have not ever tried to cut it. No. Did it feel it? It doesn't come across to me as a soft metal. Like, well, could I take a butter knife and slice through it? <laughs> I don't think it's that soft. <laughs> This is where normally producer Sarah would inject herself and she would say something along the lines of, hey, guys, what Wikipedia says is, is gold is a soft metal on the, you know, periodic table of elements, blah, 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 you know. Right. Sarah, we miss you. I have a question for you before you go. Um, can you tell me how much a bar of gold costs? I'm just curious about that. Um. Okay, so anyway, that's my QAnon report. Um, right here would be where Sarah puts the news sound. Except that's Morse code, so I don't know. Okay, so so something else that feels like news to me is, um, as you well know, you guys know, I have been doing a liver and kidney cleanse mm-hmm. um, through an organization called Your Guided Health Journey that is led by this um nutrition, um, coach and guide. And my insulin pump is really misbehaving this afternoon. So, um, I'm sorry, I have to pay attention to that. Um, anyway, uh, one of the things that she was telling us is that even if we don't think we need supplements, 
we do, which I'm like, okay, cool. You know, there's, I'm probably deficient in, you know, vitamin D or iron or whatever it is. And she was like, no, 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 it's like way more than that. So what I've learned on this journey is that, um, in the last, you know, several hundred years, but obviously in, in, in mostly the last hundred years or so is the way that we have handled agriculture in our country has been depleting soil of the nutrients that are really, really important that get um that get not placed in our food but that get absorbed in mm -hmm. the plants that grow or whatever so it's like for example um if if my grandmother in the 1930s were to eat an orange for me today to get the same amount of nutrients she would have gotten from that orange i would have to eat nine oranges so <clears throat> what caused that well, basically, like there, there's an idea, and I didn't do too deep of a dive into it. I just found it interesting. There's an idea that it's like basically we don't let the land rest. So the land, I guess, is supposed to rest in between crops. Oh, and that's yeah. why, like, some farmers, and, and, and this happens in the United States. I've seen this before. Some farmers will grow corn one year, corn the next year, corn the next year, soybeans the next year. You know, and they do that in order to kind of, like, keep the soil um, you know, is, is recycled. They, yes, thank you. They do it to recycle the soil, the soil. <laughs> and, um, and so I just found that really interesting that it's like, oh, like, I do think it's really important for us, um, to get, you know, whatever like tests or whatever we need to find out, like, what are the supplements that I need to be taking that will help my body operate at its best that I can't get, even if I'm eating like I am things like kale and cucumbers and carrots and, white beans and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. It is interesting. Isn't the land resting like a, and I'm totally being serious here and I could see how most people think I'm not, but a biblical thing. Like, I feel like I remember every seven years. Yeah. Like every yep. seven years. Yeah. How long do you take off a year? I, I think it's a year. Yeah. And it's, it's a very biblical thing. We need to circle back on that because I heard, um, I heard a teaching on that that absolutely blew my mind several years ago that I thought was really, really powerful. So we'll circle back on that because, yeah, that is definitely a biblical concept. And we are here to teach the biblical principle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. Sarah's got something to insert, please. Every seven years, the Jewish people let the re land rest in order to replenish deep and meaningful relationship with the environment. Say that one more time. I wasn't listening. <laughs> this is from Jewcology. I don't know if this is actually. It sounds pertinent. incredible. It's the first thing that popped up on Google. This okay, is how great. legit we are, guys. Every seven years, the Jewish people let land rest in order to replenish deep and meaningful relationship with the environment. Well, what if we actually lived that way? One more it, thing. Please. As of today, the cost of one gold bar, one ounce gold bar, is as low as $2,025.13. Yeah. My mom's wow. packing. Heck no yeah. Kidding. Don't tell people where she lives. I won't. Okay. I need, thank you for that, Sarah. You're welcome. Okay. We have a listener and. I am very sorry that 
I don't know your name because you just have M on, on your Instagram. So I'm going to call you M unless you tell me in this Instagram. I would think that our listener who goes by M on Instagram wants to be called by their chosen name. Great. Then that's what we're doing. All right. So M M wrote in and it was really meaningful. And she said, hi ladies, I've followed and listened to you since the beginning. I love you guys. Hope you could share on what's going on with Cuba. If you need additional info, I'll send a really good real video on what's happening. Um, so I'm going to share this. My name is Mackenzie Fernandez. I'm a second generation American and the granddaughter of Cuban immigrants. It has come to my attention that despite the posts I have been sharing, the Cuban voices I have been amplifying and the information being shared on the news, many people that I know are still confused as to what is going on in Cuba. So I have written this statement in hopes to clarify that which I've come to understand in my lifetime as an American Cuban. Cuba has been ruled by a communist regime for the past 60 years after the Cuban revolution led by Fidel Castro. He made empty promises to a starved people, painting them a beautiful picture of a Cuba in which everyone was prosperous. Everyone received the same quality of education and no one would ever go hungry or be denied medical treatment. He lied, manipulated, and violently clawed his way to the top on the backs of a broken people. Some have been lucky enough to flee. Over the years, people have been known to take a permanent vacation to the United States. Others, like my grandfather, were given up to the orphanages in hopes of saving young boys from being drafted and forced into a military service in which they would have to beat down their fellow citizens for exercising their basic rights as human beings. Others would have to take a boat, or rather a makeshift raft, from the shores of Cuba to the shores of Miami. I've heard stories of people traveling to three countries over a span of days or weeks just to reach American soil, walking across the Canadian border. Or just like my grandfather coming alone as a 15-year-old boy, scared, homeless, three countries later, trying to make enough money to free your family. Even this description does their sacrifice injustice. This doesn't even begin to cover those who lost their lives fighting for freedom, those tortured to death, the emotional trauma experienced by those who survived these hardships. Still, Cuban people rise above. Cuban people achieve. Still, Cuban people fight. It took some time to gather the strength, yet here we are. Wow, she is really well-spoken. Well, that's not our friend. That's someone she sent to me to right. help understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. Per- She's so young. Yeah. The person making the statement's a badass, like just in, in her um, command of the language. So I would like to compliment that. So um, can you can you maybe give us and our listeners like a kind of a, a not that every word of her story is not important, um, but maybe kind of a cliff notes of what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I understand it, Cuba Cuba has now um, shut down the Internet and is saying no one uh, inside of Cuba is allowed to speak to anyone in the United States, much less some other countries as well. So, um, you know, I understand it has a very communist past and it sounds like it's in a dire situations right now. Um, in this video that we'll actually share on our stories, um, this young lady talks about, you heard a little bit of it there, but she talks about, um, the hospitals and, 
shows pictures and in, in her reel, and it is really, really worse than I would have mm-hmm. ever thought Cuba would be. Mm-hmm. I guess there's just a part of me that thinks this sounds terrible, but I'm just going to be honest, like thinks that, you know, the proximity to the United States that um, conditions wouldn't be that bad. You know? Right. Right. And I feel the same way about, um, and obviously for, for very different reasons, but places like Haiti and the Dominican Re- Republic mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it's like to know that conditions are so difficult, um, somewhere so close to, you know, the land of the free and the brave and, yep. and all of that and the American dream and all of that. It's like, I, I just don't, I don't fully get it. I don't, I've never had a good understanding of like global scale economy or, yeah, society. You know, I just I, I don't have a, a super good understanding of it. And it just makes me really sad. It makes me really sad that you and I can sit here with our microphones on a Sunday afternoon and watch the rain outside of our windows and have a sip of wine and, you know, talk about things that we think are interesting or tragic or everything in between. And there are people um, suffering so badly so close to us. I agree. And I just want um, thank you, M, for bringing that up to us. And we are standing in solidarity with Cuban Americans and Cubans, and uh, hoping and praying that things get better. Okay, so talking about solidarity makes me think of an event that I just got to be a part of that I wanted to talk about because it was really moving to me. Um, I got to be a part of um, in here in Nashville, Tennessee, um, the city recently decided that they were going to dedicate and rename Fifth Avenue to John Lewis Way, Representative John Lewis Way, actually. That's incredible. Yeah, um, which I think is so cool. And um, so anyway, so as as part of this, um, you know, renaming and dedication um, of this new street in Nashville, which on some of the the maps, like in your iPhone maps or whatever, it already shows up is Representative John Lewis Way, which is really cool. Doesn't say Fifth Avenue anymore. Um, So as part of that, they did this thing um, this whole weekend, like a celebration of life of Representative John Lewis. So on Friday, they did a big, like, kind of memorial service type thing. And on Saturday, they did a celebration of life um, at the Ryman Auditorium and all these different dignitaries from from all over the country, but especially the the Nashville area, um, got up and spoke and all of that. And a couple of um, our clients wrote a song last year during the pandemic. Actually, it was written. Yeah, no, it was during the pandemic, I think. Um, uh, they wrote a song together called Good trouble. And, you know, Representative Lewis, you know, that's one of his famous sayings was go make good trouble, you know, go stir things up, but not in a violent way, actually in a specifically nonviolent way. And, um, and so my, my two clients and the other woman who wrote the song with them, Ruby Amonfu, um, they got to perform good trouble as a part of the celebration of life event at the Ryman auditorium yesterday. And it was one of those things where, as they sang that song and I sat there in the Ryman auditorium with, you know, a whole bunch of other people who, who really care about this topic, um, sat there and listened. I just had chills. I mean, it was really, really special. And to, to get to hear, um, so many dignitaries like presidents of all black universities and, you know, senators and representatives and, 
you know, I, I mean, there were there were people spanning the gamut um, that spoke at this thing yesterday. And it was just really cool to see, even though we have so far to go as far as racial reconciliation in our country, so, so far to go. And I, I don't want to minimize that at all. I do think it is important to celebrate how far we've come. Yes, and absolutely. it was really cool to get to to see kind of a, a a bit of a representation of that yesterday. I've always um, loved that idea of good trouble, like taking the juxtaposition of that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to get into some trouble, but it's, it feels like it's going to be worthwhile trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. So we had brunch today. Um, it was the two of us and our friend Heidi and Sarah um, at this place that is becoming one of my favorite restaurants uh, in town. Um, and, and we would we say just, we would say what it is, but we don't want you to stalk us because like there's so many of you that love us that it, it, it yeah, you might be disappointed. So we don't want you to come find us. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So I just, we need to talk about what happened. We ordered, um, biscuits for all, I think Mm -hmm. was the name of the appetizer. Yeah. And it was just, you know, biscuits and some accoutrements, but you know, you often, I don't know if our listeners know this, but anytime anyone asks you your favorite food, you always say butter. Right. And I almost lost my mind when they brought us mm-hmm. basically one pat of butter for six biscuits. Right. Right. And for four people. Yeah. Four you people, know, one pat of butter. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably not going to quote you exactly. And one of the things that you said was something along the lines of just look at us. Do we look like the four of us would divide up one pat of butter? No. Well, no. I, I thought it was a joke and then I got angry and I thought, well, I'm going to grab her by the shirt and just say, <laughs> just look at the four of us. Do you think we can share that? <laughs> but then uh, I looked over at you at one point as I, all this is going through my head. We haven't talked about it yet. And I look over at you and knowing how, this is so you though, like you let everyone get their butter first and every, mm-hmm. nobody's complaining. I'm, I'm already got steam coming out of my ears about the butter <laughs> shortage and I look over at you and you love butter. I like love you would butter. eat the butter before the biscuit, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, w- so- I would cook the biscuit in order to have the butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a tool to get the butter into your stomach. Yeah, I, I right? call it a vehicle. Yes. There you go. It's a vehicle. Okay. So I look over at you and being the Enneagram 2 that you are, you're just like, you can't your mouth is so dry from you (laughs) nibbling on this dry biscuit but you have yet to reach out for the tiny piece of butter that is left (laughs) and this you were just like that sound my least favorite noise yeah i i here here's i'll tell you what was going on from my perspective um is that today is day 10 or day 11 of the cleanse that I'm doing. And I um, went into today saying today is going to be a cheat day for me. Like I'm going to just go to brunch with my friends and I'm going to have whatever I want to have. And it's going to be fine. Like I'm doing such a good job on this cleanse. I've already lost, you know, six or seven pounds and I'm, I'm definitely feeling and seeing a difference in my body and my blood sugar and all of that. And I'm also 
also a human and I'm also not like superwoman. Um, and so I was just like, you know, like I kind of just need a cheat day. I need to hang with my friends and I need a cheat day. And so, um, what was going through my mind at that moment is I was like, I haven't had gluten or bread <laughs> or anything like this in over a week. Yeah, you and were taking like little pieces yeah, off of it. <laughs> yeah, I was taking little and I was cutting it up and I was kind of looking at it. Like I was kind of in my mind having like a, a, a professor cat moment going like, okay, so in this is flour and gluten. And is it making me feel like I'm having that food heart attack just to look at it? And then, oh, butter. Oh, gosh, there's not much butter. Okay, so now back to the biscuit. So like, that's what was going on in my head. And when you brought up the butter thing, I thought, were I not on a cleanse and studying the hell out of a biscuit, which, which who cares? Like who cares what's in a biscuit, right? Um, it, it's like, normally I would be like, um, excuse me, we need seven more sides of butter. Like I would have been the one to flag the waitress down and go like, this is a problem. But because I was so nerded out on like, Oh my God, I haven't seen a biscuit in a lot of days. The butter actually wasn't the first thing on my mind, which I think my health, coach would say is a really wonderful um it wonderful awareness me. I don't recognize you without butter on your mind so <laughs> I'd rather have the old cat back even with those six pounds I'm just okay. kidding that's amazing by the way <laughs> you'll probably um, get her back <laughs> yeah I'm hoping so I'm hoping you haven't gone over to the dark side remember when I was a vegan for like a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute I'm, i don't eat a lot of meat anymore but i i don't i why would i give up milk or cheese like right that seems so ridiculous to give up yeah. milk and cheese and i learned something about myself and about meat this week is um thanks to producer sarah i was able to um I, I have learned my blood type before, but I didn't write it down anywhere. So I, I don't remember what it is. And so producer Sarah was so kind and sent me a new um, test kit and I tested and my blood type is O positive. And I believe that means that I'm the universal recipient, which seems so consistent with being a two on the Enneagram. Like, I just feel like it's like, of course, I need everyone. I can use every, I can utilize. I just yeah. said I can use everyone. <laughs> no, what, what I really would like to receive is all the things from all the people. Oh, right, that's exactly. so wonderful. Um, one of the things that, that is also apparently scientifically true about O positive blood type people is that a really important staple of their diet is red meat. <laughs> yeah, I know. And honestly, I you had um you were very you did eat very well now that I'm thinking I about did. what you ate, but I love that you went for the steak and eggs this morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Hell yeah, you did." I I was I was kind of uh staring at your food cuz I wasn't as pleased with mine, but I'm the same way. I have like low iron in my body and I'm supposed to eat red meat. So, the veggie thing didn't work for me. And and we talked about as well that that you your blood type is O as well, but it's O negative, mm -hmm. and um and I I said to you I said, um the O blood type is the oldest blood type that there is. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> no, what did I say? <laughs> you said that's because I've lived so many lives. Oh yeah, I said I have lived so many lives and then that immediately turned in 
I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, I, I talk a lot about how wouldn't it be cool if there we had multiple lives and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wait, I think I have had all of these lives and I am <laughs> extremely tired. And so I was wondering, like, is that what purgatory is instead mm. of what we think purgatory is? Purgatory is really just like um, the airport lounge that you can go into. <laughs> you like can go into lounge? for a while and, and take off some uh, some time before you go back into the live situation. Huh. Well, that, that is really, really a neat thought. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I knew something like that was coming. Bless your heart. Well, it just makes me think, like, if you think about your life, Moose, like, do you feel like it is within this same lifetime, this same lifetime that you went to college? No. <laughs> right? N no. Like, you know how people are like, you know, enjoy your life. It flies by. I'm like, I mean, not really. <laughs> I mean, it does. You know, uh -huh. all of a sudden, seriously, like 27-year-olds, I know you're all listening. <laughs> you wake up and you're 42 and you're like, what the what fuck happened? Oh, yeah. I can't say that word because we're live. Well, you did. And it's there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I felt. Well, it's like I was thinking about like, is it does it feel real in this lifetime that I learned that my dad passed away and he had a clipboard with a crossword puzzle and his glasses laying beside him when they found his body. Mm -hmm. Like, is that in this actual lifetime that I had that experience? And that feels like another lifetime to me. Like that was so traumatic. And, yeah. you know, like, is it within this lifetime that my mom called me and said, I have to rush to the cardiac unit at the hospital in Birmingham because I'm having irregular heart rhythms and they're really concerned for me. Like, is that, was that in this same lifetime? And it was, but it doesn't feel like it because it feels so like otherworldly than like well, this moment, even that we're in right now. Well, maybe that's, hold on. I have to cough. <coughs> maybe that's what they mean by other lifetimes. Maybe mm -hmm. we're living them. Yeah. Or maybe we're living multiple lives at the same time. And we can't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's total like quantum physics stuff that I love. Which, by the way, our friend Abby, who gave me Quantum Physics for Hippies, the best book I've ever read in my entire life, is coming to Nashville next month. And I'm so excited. Oh, fantastic. Those of you who listen to Stacey Frenes's interview... That is Stacy's daughter and also a big part of our little family. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. So I got to talk about something. We're talking about quantum physics and time and, you know, you might as well say the universe and yin yang and all that shit. Um, I, I feel like I have to tell you about a revelation that I have recently had. Okay, please. Okay. So I have heard it said that the universe is constantly conspiring for our good. Right. 
I have definitive factual information disproving that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so I, I I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago. One of my instructors, I was telling him about my like five-step protocol to decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do and stuff like that. And, and, and like I was really wanting him to be impressed with like, look at how aware and evolved and developed I am and all of that. And he said, or you could get an eight ball. Right, right, right. You know, and I, I was just like, okay, that's amazing. Like, that's probably just as reliable as this whole like protocol that I've spent all these weeks developing and money and therapy, like fine tuning and and all this kind of stuff. And he was kind of joking, but it, it was it was just really funny. And so, anyway, so I've been using the eight ball since I've been on this cleanse, and I said to the eight ball. Am I going to cheat and have wine with my dinner tonight? And the eight ball said to me, without a doubt. And you didn't? No, I did. Of course I did. I was like given, I was unlocked the keys of the permission kingdom, like by the eight ball. I guess what I'm saying is that like, if the universe was truly on my side and wanting to support me in my efforts that I'm making, the eight ball would have said, not this time. No way. Oh, no. See, you're still wrapped up in religious trauma, boo. Oh, Let's no. take a breath. Let's take a breath. Your assumption is that the universe is the, the universe conspiring means that you can't have something. Mm. But the universe is saying, yes, you need a glass of wine. Cause you'll be batshit crazy if you don't have one. No, I don't believe that because like I read the Tao Te Ching and the Tai Te Ching and things like that. And it's all about like, like I'm going like beyond the Bible. I'm going like looking at all the different religious texts and beliefs and stuff like that. And there's always something about how like you not having attachments is what's important. It's well, like, is your attachment wine or is your attachment the feelings that you're avoiding? Well, that is just way too complicated for me to even answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know that you're like, I think this is a thing with sobriety. The, there's a sobriety culture out there that, you know, me having been sober, I started following a lot of this in my early years. And there's a lot of it out there of like, you know, it just feels very, um, look at us. We're sober. You should be too. Mm. And, and I, and I'm not saying that's all of it. A lot of it's good and hear me say that, but I think it's such an individual thing. Mm. And so I don't know, like to me, I, I don't know. Some people can't, doesn't, don't need alcohol or anything else to kind of push through life. And some people have found a way to utilize it without, killing themselves. Right. Right. Well, here I thought I had dis I have debunked, I've disproven <laughs> like like the the you know, channeling of the universe and you have just complete me like you've completely thrown me on my ass. So thanks a lot we for that. We should edit all of that out cuz what I said was stupid. No, okay. it wasn't. It was amazing. And you know why? Cuz it's crazy out there. Okay, I got something. So, you know, my friend Megan, um, she has this dog that 
uh, she named Wiley because he looks like a coyote. He's <laughs> like this huge, really tall, blonde dog mm. and sort of like wolf looking, you know, almost. Um, and Wiley Coyote is the sweetest dog you've ever met in your life. He looks like really domineering, but he has one ear that goes up and the other one, the cartilage is broken. So mm-hmm. it goes down. But he's probably, I mean, he's probably, his back is probably two and a half feet off the ground. Like he's a big boy. Wow. And um, he's a good ranch dog and all of that. Well, last week she found um, his eye was bulging and, you know, she lives on a ranch very far from anywhere close by that has like a pet emergency place. So she had to drive like three hours to take him to the pet ER and on the way there, she was like, I don't think he's going to make it. And I was oh. on the phone with her the whole time. And it oh. was like heartbreaking. And and even when they got there, they're like, we can't figure out what's wrong with him. His heart's okay. And he just was like, I mean, not himself at all. Long story short, she kept telling people like his eye is bulging. She basically saved his life. So they had to do a surgery. He had a major tumor behind his eye. Oh, wow. And, and they basically told her like, chances are when we get the pathology back, it could be cancer. Mm -hmm. So this is her, would be her third dog that had cancer. And I just was like, please Lord, this dog is like amazing. He's just the sweetest soul. Anyway, they were able to get the tumor out. It was not cancer, but he did have to lose his eye because of the surgery. Oh, poor dude. I know. And so, you know, me, like I really like to uh, encourage people when that kind of crap is happening. And so, um, I like to combine my encouragement with my um, love for shopping on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and so I wanted to show you what I got Megan. Aww. I haven't sent it to her yet. Oh. Okay, that is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You can buy this on Facebook Marketplace. That is amazing. That's absolutely amazing. She is going to be so thrilled and so are you thinking that she's gonna uh actually utilize that for wiley no he's got well i guess you could i don't know they have it sewn up sadly but he's alive and that's what matters and Uh it wasn't cancer i'm so glad it wasn't cancer i'm so glad he's alive and it reminds me do you remember that time that we convinced some of our radio station people that i had a glass eye Oh my gosh. Yes. That was so funny. We had them believing for a really long time that I had a glass eye. Cause I just gone through all these eye surgeries. And so yeah. it was pretty believable that like something could be really jacked with my eyes. And do you remember like how we had them hook line and sinker? Yes, I do. Yeah. It's like, it's like a faded memory. Can you fill me in? Where were we? We were at uh, Blackstone brewery in downtown Nashville, which is now called Jasper's and it's by the chef that does etch and et cetera. Um, and we were with people from, um, radio station that I won't name because Sarah's not going to be able to bleep it out. Um, and we had convinced our, our mutual friend that I had a glass eye and we said it was my <laughs> right eye. And we did all this stuff where we said, look, watch how beautifully it moves just like my left eye. And we would like, you would have me like follow your finger. And like, I'd look at my finger and he was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, man, like technology is so, so advanced that like this glass eye is like, it looks now I can't see out of it 
and it looks really legit. And then I was like, when I would cover my left eye and I would say, hold up fingers. Like, I can't see you, dude. Like, I can't see any fingers are holding it. Like I had, like, we collectively had him totally snowed. It was so good. Whose idea was it? Mine or yours? I think that I, I really don't remember. I I would not ever take credit for that because I'm not that witty. So it was probably your idea. But I remember feeling so proud of myself because I was so convincing about it. <laughs> I am so impressed that we did that. Did we ever tell them it wasn't true? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he oh. was like, ah, like it was. Yeah, it was very funny. Oh, my gosh. I would be mad at the end of that because I would have overspent my uh, pity for someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was very mean what we did for sure. <laughs> okay. So I have a question for you. Okay. Is there something that you encounter on a regular basis that you think is the dumbest, stupidest, worthlessest, most dumb thing you've ever seen in your life? Like an actual object that you see on a regular basis. And every time you see it, you just go, why, why? Hmm. Let me think on that. Something I see that is dumb, stupid, worthless, useless. And it's a thing. It's an in, well, kind of inanimate thing. Inanimate object. Um, I'm going to have to think a little bit longer. What is yours? Mine is this stupid little yellow thing that is supposed to represent a car that is out in front of a car wash. And it looks like the front, it looks like they chopped off the front (laughs) of the back to the future car. And it's yellow and it just turns. It just spins around. It just spins around all day, 24-7. And it's like, it's not even a car. And they have four wheels on. It would not even function like a car. It it doesn't anatomically work. Why does that make you so angry? It makes me furious. And I, (laughs) it's a little bit like the word Xanadu. Like, I can't. I can't, like, whenever I see it, I get, like, obsessed about it. What about Pussy Willow? Nope. It's not a word that you like? Nope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What about drench? Ah, drench is fine. Drench. Yeah, moist. Okay, so this car, it's a miniature car that's outside of a car wash, and it slowly spins around, which the purpose of it, even though you said there isn't one, is my (laughs) guess is that Oh, it gets my attention to make me look and go, there's a car wash there next time I need one. Right. Now, why does this spinning fake car upset you so much? Because it's not even like a real, it's not, it doesn't even look like a car. Like it looks like the front of a car that's just been chopped. It looks like a cockpit. Like it looks like a spinning yellow cockpit with four wheels. And I just think it's really stupid. And I I really get mad about it because I'm like, you use that. And, and so then of course, what I do every time I see it is I pull in and buy the most expensive car wash. <laughs> well, that's why you're mad is that it's talking you into buying a car wash. And it's not, it's not even like, it, it's like doing the most lame ass job 
of like, hey, I'm oh, it's not lame if it's taking your money. Oh, I know it. I know it. And that's what makes me angry. Okay. Can you ask the eight ball a question for me? Uh, did I bring it down here? I thought I brought it down here. I didn't bring it down here. Oh, okay. Will you answer the question? Should the name of this week's podcast be pussy willows and cockpits? (laughs) No, the, the eight ball says absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.